Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. God is this week, and I, I trust it's been a blessing to you, finding out just who God is and who He is to us. And uh, let's pray, first of all. Father, we thank you for the privilege to study and dig into your word today, and we just ask you, Father, that the presence of the Lord that was in the 9 o'clock service, that it, He continues here at 10, 11, and again tonight at 6, Father, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Don't forget. Uh, we're going to do, we do one Sunday night a month, and tonight is that Sunday night. Okay, so we're going to be here. I'm calling it WWA. Yes. It's not wrestling. It's word, worship, and altar. Amen. So uh, thank you, Sam, for coming up, because you know I'd have forgotten it, right? Yeah. Father, we just ask you to bless the offering, Lord, for the upbuilding of the kingdom, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for what you do give. want to remind you, and I've, I went over these last week before last, because I talked about last week, your father being Father's Day, and I was talking to Angie about it, she said, well, you could have said, God is your father. Well, I thought, no, but we talked about that last week, but week one, we talked about that God is the judge, God is in all things that we call on him for, God is he that goeth with you, God is your reward, God is with thee whithersoever thou goest, God is for you, God is grace and merciful, God is our refuge and strength, God is our God, Amen. God is my salvation and glory. God is the rock of my strength. God is higher than I. And then week two, we went to God is my defense. God is a rock of my refuge. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is. Jehovah is everlasting. Jehovah is another name for God, obviously. God is a sun and shield. God is your hiding place and my shield. <laughs> what else do you need? God's your hiding place. He's who you run to. You know, he's who you run to when you're in trouble. He's who you run to when you're already rested. And he is everything that you need. So he's my strength and my shield. God is a sun and shield. God is your hiding place and shield. God is holy. God is my salvation. Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. God is the salvation of Israel. Thank God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You need to catch on to that. You don't have to be afraid of anything that the enemy brings against you because of that scripture right there. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is in you of a truth. You ever question whether God's in you? Anybody? Just me? Really? Just me? Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Stella. But God is in you of a truth. God is right at hand. You ever have anybody tell you, I'll be there when you need me? You call them, you need them, they can't be there. God will be there when you need him. Amen. God is able of these stones to raise up children under Abraham. So why do I put that in there as just as a reminder? It's just to remind us that we need to praise him. We need to praise him for who he is, we need to praise him for what he does. We need to praise him simply because he is God. Because if we don't, something or somebody else will. 
and he'll make sure of that. Why? Because he deserves the praise, and he's going to make sure he gets it, and I don't blame him. Amen? Have you ever done something for somebody, and, and you don't do it, you don't do it to receive praise, you don't do it to see, receive recognition, you do it because you love them, but then you think, couldn't you at least say thank you? You know? Or at least acknowledge it somehow? And that happens from time to time. But anytime that God does something for us, it's always polite to say, thank you. We're teaching Cason uh, and Emma. I'll always, I'll always say, if they, if they want something, I'll say, what do you say? Please. And I'll say, I give it to them, I'll say, what do you say? Thank you. I want to get them in that habit to where they don't even have to think about it come years down the road. So, we talked about God is all those things. This week, we're going to talk about that God is, and we're going to start with that God is able. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now, that's good, and we're going to dig into that scripture but I want to read you the two scriptures that are before that that are not on the slide because I didn't decide to read them until I was looking at them just a few minutes ago. Okay? So I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Okay? Never, never take text out of context. Never take scripture out of context. And what I mean by that is when you read a text, always read the scripture before it and always read the scripture after it so you can get the context of the message, okay? A lot of people that are, are not saved or they come to church every so often, you know, we have the CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. We're going to have to some way put in there Father's Day and Mother's Day and all those sorts of things. And that's okay. I mean, if that's what they want to do, that's okay. But, you know, I wonder how your relationship with Christ is if you only come three or four times a year. Now, notice I'm not looking at anybody just so nobody gets offended. Because, see, if you get offended at the Word, then you have to talk to God about it because it's His Word anyway. But what you do is you take the Scripture before it and the Scripture after it. And anytime we talk about money, I, 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 almost, I always chuckle inside. Because people that aren't paying their tithe and not giving their offerings, number one, they feel really guilty about it. Number two, they ought, to, they, they ought to, or they know they ought to. And number three, they don't want to hear it because they don't do the first two. And you know what? The reason I get tickled is because I've been there. I've been there when I haven't paid my tithe. You know, there, there was one time I had, I had a Ford LTD, eight-cylinder, four-door sedan. You getting that? Okay, you talk, I'm talking about how big it is, okay? And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I think, I think it was either to sell it or to fix it. I can't remember which one it was. I said, if you'll sell it or fix it, I'll pay my tithe. Well, he did, and I didn't. You know, I've never, never forgotten that. But what I'm saying is I, I've been in that situation before to where I've, I've not paid my tithe and felt guilty about it and all that sort of thing until I, the Lord got me to the point to where I trusted his word and I paid my tithe and I gave my all. And listen, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere a rich man, but when you're writing that tithe check, you're thinking, well, that could be grocery money, or that could be the utility payment. And, and I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you pay your tithe instead of paying your utility bills, okay? That's when you and God. 
I'm just telling you my experience. But God is faithful when it comes to finances. He is faithful. And I just thought it was interesting that the one scripture I wanted to bring about God is able had to deal with finances. So verse 7 says, Every man, according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Hmm. It's interesting how you read the word and then it all of a sudden pops out to you. Don't give grudgingly. Listen, if you pay your tithe and you're almost cussing under your breath, you might as well forget any kind of reaping of it. Okay? Or if you're paying your tithe and you really think, well, I could really get that big screen teeth. Be careful. Okay? Now, this scripture says, every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity. And that, that word there, of necessity, means unwillingly. Don't give it unwillingly. For God loveth it's your forgiver. Now, I, when they pass the offering plate today, or the offering bags, we don't do plates anymore, I dare you to start cheering. I dare you. Oh, oh that's going to look stupid. The Bible says he takes the foolish things of the world and he confounds the wise. That's why he made me. <laughs> that's an awful big laugh, I'm just saying. I'm serious, though. I'm serious. Yeah, you're right. I'm serious. I, I dare you to cheer because giving is an act of worship. It's a continuation of worship. Now, I wanted to give you those two scriptures before, and let me give you the scripture after. Verse 9 says, As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Verse 10, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase fruits of your righteousness. I read those two scriptures because I didn't want to take verse 8 out of context from where I read the two before. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The word abound, to make all grace abound, it means super abound. It means, watch this, be in excess. You don't think it's God's will for you to have more than enough? Yes. Be in excess. Okay? It means to be the better. It's God's will for you to financially be the better. Period. Not in comparison to somebody else, but be the better. It means increase. It means remain. Are you ready for this? It means enough and despair. God's will is for you to have enough and spare, okay? Number one, it's to build, help build the kingdom more. Number two, there ain't nothing wrong with taking a vacation, amen, and getting rest, amen, as long as you don't take tithe money to do it, amen. But if we pay our tithe and we give our offerings, then he's going to abound, a super abound. He's going to be, allow us to be in excess. He's going to allow us to excel. He's going to allow us to be the better, to increase, remain, and enough and then to spare some. Amen? The word always, and grace is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always, which means evermore, having all sufficiency. Sufficiency means self-satisfaction. How 
satisfied are you when you're at McDonald's and you pay for the car behind you? Right? You ever, you ever done that? Have you ever been on the other end of receiving? I have too. My bill was $2.11. I thought I should have ordered a Big Mac meal. But anyway, I was still blessed. It was still a blessing. And you know, whatever the amount is, whether it's one of the two, it's still a blessing. Having all sufficiency in all things. Sufficiency means competent. Sufficiency means contentment. Don't ever always want what somebody else has. Be content. The Bible says be content with what you have. Okay? Because all the blessings, every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. If it ain't good, ain't perfect, it ain't God. Right? So be content. Well, Lord, I need a job making that amount of money, but you gave it to this person. Why aren't you giving it to me? Don't do that. Anytime anybody stands and testifies of a blessing, truly, truly praise God with them. Okay? Don't say, well, I should have had that job. I need a job more than they did. They make more money than I do. Don't do that. Because what will happen is when you praise God with them, they'll praise God with you. Okay? So God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you have always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Amen? Romans chapter 1, verse 9 says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. For God is my witness. That simply means God keeps a record. God keeps a record. The Bible says that we are going to give an account for every idle word we speak. Okay? Whole. Now, wait a minute. Before I got saved, I said this, this, and this. If, when you got saved, it was forgiven, okay? Even the, every idle word that you do, okay? So be careful what you say, even when you're joking. And I'm learning that more and more. Even joking, you know? Angie, Angie made a comment the other day that she'll hear me say this. When I do something stupid, I just say, that was just so stupid. That was just stupid. And I'm saying that's stupid. I used to say you're stupid, but I'm not stupid. You're not stupid, okay? Watch what you say. Watch what you speak. Begin to speak faith over you. You've got a situation in your body. You begin to speak faith over that. Here's what you do. Ask God to do what you want to see done, okay? Ask God to, to do what you want to see done. If you've got something wrong in your body, ask him to heal it. As a matter of fact, ask him to heal it and then speak to it and command it to be so because he's given us what? Power to tread upon who? Serpents, scorpions, and what? Over all the power of the enemy. Sickness and disease is the enemy. Yes. Amen? So I'm talking about that God is your witness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is faithful. God is faithful. Who, um, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. Have you ever met people in your life that have been unfaithful to you? I'm not necessarily talking about a spouse, but it could include a spouse. I'm talking about people that say, again, I'll be there when you need me. When you call them, they can't be there. Okay? God is faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We all know this one. There has no, hath no temptation taken you, but just such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. 
with all respect to everybody under the sound of my voice, okay, I love you all. Stop whining. I'm looking at the carpet, looking at the wall. Stop whining. And the reason I can say that, moi. Ask my, don't ask my wife. I'm a whiner. If I'm sick, I whine. Stop whining. When it comes to the things of the Lord, stop whining. In other words, if you've not gotten what you've asked God for yet, but everybody else seems to be getting what they're getting, you continue unfaithful. Why? God is faithful. Okay? And listen, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that you're the only one going through this, and if anybody ever found out, they'll think that you're the worst person there is, and you're damned to hell. Well, can I tell you that there's no temptation but just as common to man. I bet you somebody's been, what, what, been through what you're going through, right? And let, let, me, let me do a side note right here. I'm probably going to end about five minutes or so before regular time that I end because at 11 o'clock we have a baptismal service and we're going to do the baptism at the beginning of service instead of the end like we used to do. And so I got to go get changed, but just wanted to mention that. Watch this. There's no temptation, but just such as common to man, but God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. You remember I've told you before, when people, when, I, when I'm part of a funeral or part of the visitation, I'll, I'll tell them, I say, listen, and they don't understand why their loved one has passed, and I understand that, and I understand that. But when someone passes in your family or it's close friends, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, why? There's nothing wrong with questioning God as long as you trust him. So many times, funerals, and, and Pastor and I have talked about this before, he prefers to do funerals more than he d prefers to do weddings, and I think I prefer to do weddings more than I do, prefer to do funerals. But funerals are one of the most pivotal times in people's lives because they will either choose to run toward God and say, I trust you, or run from God, why did you take my family member or my friend? And a lot of times what we have to do is we can question him, but you've got to trust him. So God is trustworthy. Who will not suffer you? Who will not leave you? God is not going to leave you in your temptation. You know, just because you're going through a trial does not mean you're sinning. Amen. Just because you're going through a trial does not mean that God loves you less than he loves somebody else. We all go through trials. We all go through tribulations. We all go through temptations. We all go through these things. Again, one of the biggest lies of the enemy is you're the only one doing it. You're going straight to hubba hubba. That's it. It's over. But you've got to realize that God is faithful. He will not suffer you. He will not leave you to be tempted above that you're able. And the word tempted there, he will not suffer you to be tempted he will not suffer you to be scrutinized. You ever felt like you've been put under a microscope, okay, by the enemy? And what I mean by that, does it seem like he's picking every little bitty thing and every little bitty thing sets you off? The Bible says that God will not leave you to be scrutinized. He will not leave you to be enticed. He will not leave you to be enticed. But will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. And the word temptation there means adversity. Adversity. Of course, you know me. 
I had to work, look up the word adversity because we all think we know what the word adversity means, right? I think I know what it means. But the word there means God will not make you, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation, with the adversity, with the serious or continued difficulty or misfortune. Have you ever said to yourself, it all happens to me? Everything bad happens to me. If you're looking for something bad to have something, look at me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Say that with me. My words are powerful. One more time. My words. Oh, now, wait a minute. Everybody. Everybody. My words are powerful. Keep that in mind this week when you go through your week and you come against that person tomorrow morning after we've had a Holy Ghost service and he comes up to you and wants to cuss you out. Mm. What do you want to do? I want to smack them. But I can't. Remember that scripture last week? Bless those that curse you. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody cussing you in the face of, bless you? Can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm not sure I can. <laughs> It'll take a lot of God to do that, you know, because you just want to walk away and not say anything. But I'm, or they, or they knock you off. But anyway, <laughs> so God is faithful. And the word there where it says that God will with temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it, that you may be able to bear it means to bear underneath. In other words, if you feel all of the weight of it all on your shoulders and you feel like you're being beat down and you're being beat down and it seems like you're going down for the last time, God will make a way for you to bear it even underneath. So when you're at your lowest point, when you're at your lowest point, you remember what Jesus did. When he was at his lowest point, what was his lowest point? The cross. That was his lowest point. What's the first thing he said? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God, Jesus asked the Father to forgive them for what they did to him. And this is after, this is after the, I'm going to say coat of nine tails, but it's the, it's the uh, rod that they beat him with that had little beads on the bottom or end of them that had spikes in them. When they took that, what do you call it, a whip, when you took the whip and they brought it around uh, across his back, they brought it across his back so those little spikes would tear into his flesh. And some scholars tell us it was so bad that you could see his internal organs. And then, with the back like that, they put him on a cross of wood that had splinters. And in order for him to breathe, he had to push up. And then his back... But yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If Jesus can forgive, so can you. I didn't say be easy. I, you know, sometimes, I, and I said this before, sometimes we, we, we just scroll over scriptures. We read them and think how, 
you know, he went through all that. But think about that. He was human. He had emotion like we did. I mean, the, another part of the, of the scripture when he was on the cross, he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because God had to turn his back because of the sin that was there. So in his fleshly man, he asked that question. Know that you can make it. Know that you can bear it. Whatever you're going through, you will make it because this scripture says, says so. Because this scripture says that you can make it and that God is faithful. Amen? Amen? Let's go a little bit further. I'm talking about who God is. God is. God is light. 1 John 1, 5. Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Light. Light. God is light. It means in the wildest, the widest, the widest application. In other words, God is the ultimate light. I don't know about you. I'm simplistic. I think when I think light, I think lights. When I think light outside, I think sunlight. Okay? There's a song that says, We'll need no light in that city that John saw coming down. For Jesus will be there. His glory will abound. See, we're not going to have to have electricity. We're not going to have to have the sunlight, but we will have the light of Jesus Christ, which is in its widest application. Amen. The Bible says, and in him is no darkness at all. It means darkness, but it also means dimness. Just because light is going forth does not dim the light of God at all. Okay? Just because God gave you so much grace today doesn't diminish his grace one bit. The Bible says his promises are fresh and new every morning. Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. A couple of more scriptures. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. It's simply put, do you love him? Do you love people? See, we have a mission statement, and the first four words are loving God, loving people. And then it goes on to talk about one lifestyle at a time. Or one, uh, I'll have to get it out and show you because I can't remember it. But the first four words are loving God, loving people. Love God and love people. Loving God, we, we, it's easy. It's the loving people that ain't easy. But if we do what he said to do, then we'll go and do what he said we're going to do. Okay, this church, we've, we've always said it. It's a regional church. I believe that more than I've ever believed it. I believe we're going to see the vision of the pastor of a 2,000-seat sanctuary and it full. I believe that. Until then, what do you do? You walk by faith. You take one step at a time. One step at a time. And the last passage of Scripture I'm going to share with you, I've got just the one Scripture on there. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. You've heard Pastor Hall say it before, God does not, har uh, God does not haunt empty buildings. When we're not here, God is not here. Now, when I'm in here, God's here. 
When Sherry's here praying, God's here. When pastor comes in to pray, God's here. But God does not haunt empty buildings because the tabernacle, the scripture says, is with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. They shall be his people. You're God's peeps. Do you know that? You're God's peeps. Not only are you God's people, but God himself will be with you and be your God. It ain't going to be Michael. It ain't going to be Gabriel. It ain't going to be any other angel. It's God himself. But I saw that scripture, and then I saw the ones before it and the ones after it, which I didn't put on the slide. But watch this. I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 21. And I, I, just, I just wanted to read these just to remind you of something. <clears throat> watch this. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. God is with men. God is with you. If you don't hear anything else from this lesson today, God is with you. And he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Thank God. There shall be no, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Amen. For the former things are passed away. What's passed away mean? It's died. It's gone. It will not resurrect. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. When I get there, when you get there, we'll be whole. I ain't going to have to worry about sugar levels anymore. I'm going to be able to eat anything, anything I want to and it not be any harm to me. I hate the fact that everything you look at turns to sugar. You don't even have to eat it. It just turns to sugar looking at it. I mean, bread turns to sugar. Steak turns to sugar. Everything turns to sugar. So we won't have to worry about that anymore. For the former things are passed away. Praise God. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. Your salvation is done. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby that we must be saved but the name of Jesus. There's going to come a point, Richard, where God's going to say it's done. The Bible talks about there's going to be a time that the angel's going to step on the sea and on the sand and say, say that time shall be no more because we'll be in his presence. And he said unto me, it is done. I'm the alpha, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for his presence? Are you thirsty for him to move in your life today? Are you thirsty for him to do impossible things in your life? 
He didn't stop there. The last verse that I'm going to read is, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And just for the record, that means daughter too. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The Bible says, he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. It's the plan of the enemy to take you out. Not just physically take you out, spiritually take you out. When something goes wrong in your life, quickly forgive and don't allow it to eat at you. Something goes wrong with your life, don't run from God, run to God. Something goes wrong in your life, allow him to do a miracle in forgiving. Because forgiveness is a miracle. That doesn't mean people deserve to be forgiven from you. That doesn't make it okay. But what it does is it releases you from that bondage. Bitterness, I'm sorry, unforgiveness is the root of all bitterness. Or no, I'm saying it wrong. Unforgive, that's right, unforgiveness is the root of all bitterness. Is there somebody that you haven't forgiven? I'm talking about truly forgiven. I'm not talking about just saying the words. I'm talking about that you've truly forgiven them. I want to encourage you today that God is what you need, who you need, and he is everything that you need. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for your promises that are brand new, fresh and new every day. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that these words that you have given from your very word, the Holy Spirit will bring back to our remembrance time after time after time again. And that we will grow in our relationship with you to where we can stand before you and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father, for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.